see. <laughs> okay. Right? I want doidi. That's a nila doidi. That's what we saw yesterday. Okay. But we still haven't, we still don't understand the order. Why is a nila doidi first? First, it's doidi li. That reveals who a ni really is. And then ladoidi. Then I, what do I want? I want elokus. I want God. Why? Because that's who I am. Not I'm God. I'm someone who wants God. V'yesh leymar. There are those that say, you could say, I'm sorry. And again, usually when the Rebbe says that, that means the Rebbe is saying something that is unique, a chiddush, not a quote from the previous Rebbe. Since the revelation of the Yud or by virtue of the fact that the revelation of the Yud arouses, now we're not pretending that it's an Asinus Kerch in any way, shape, or form, arouses, and reveals the inner desire of a Jew. What is that desire? It is Belukus. Now, on the deepest level, why is that? Who? That's because ultimately the Jew is sourced in Atzimus. Meaning, as powerful as this level of revelation is, this is still a level of revealed reality. We talked about this, I don't know, it was yesterday, the day before. Um, the, the, as powerful as, as, as godly light is, we're talking about yesterday. As powerful as infinite godly light is, it's still not the essence of a Kaddish Baruch, it's simply, simply, a revelation of him, right? The mushal being what? What's a mushal for such so we can understand it a little bit? Sunlight. Sunlight, bidiyuk, sunlight as opposed to the sun. Exactly, right? If you remember that, you'll, you, what etzim is, we can't understand. When, when the Zayar says, there is no thought that can comprehend you, it's basically talking about the essence of a Kaddish Baruch. In terms of Orma Malay, in terms of the light of God that fills the world and animates the world and vitalizes the world, right? There's a muscle for that. Just like your soul fills your body and vitalizes your body, so too God fills the world and vitalizes the world. Now, your soul didn't bring your body into being. It didn't create your body. Okay, Beseda, but when we talk about godly light vitalizing reality, so we have a pretty clear muscle, and not only a muscle, an experience of that, our neshama that fills our body. And vitalizes our body and gives it what you and I call life. And if that neshama leaves, so then there's no more body. There's no more life. There is a body. So that's the difference between the light of a Kaddish Baruch in the world and the, and, the, and the energy of the neshama in a body. The energy of the neshama in the body, if the, if the neshama leaves, so there's still a body, we put it in the ground. If the energy of a Kaddish Baruch, who were so to speak, leave the world, so there was no world left, it's not there's a dead world, there's nothing there. It's as if it was never there, it just goes out of existence, poof. Okay, but that being said, we still have a very clear muscle from Amale. And, and Chazal say it, just like the Neshama fills the goof, so to a Kaddish Baruch who fills the world. And that's something we can understand intellectually. And as a matter of fact, it's as reasonable as any other explanation for the existence of the reality that we experience. There is no theory regarding the existence of the world that can be proven. They're all theories. The most scientific ones, you can't prove any of them. 
they just, you know, some of them seem to make more sense than others. So a scientist says, okay, well, that's a reasonable idea. Provable? Go prove it in a laboratory. You can't prove it in a laboratory. But if you want to try as hard as you can to deny the existence of God, so then you can come up with, you know, fairly reason. You get stuck. <laughs> you get stuck. At a certain point, you get stuck. Like, who made the bang go bang? Okay, say it. But you can have reasonable theories as to how things happen. They're not stupid, because it's not like stupid people are thinking these things. They're very intelligent people. They might be wrong, but they're very intelligent. Right? I mean, you think they're wrong. That's why you're sitting here. Right? Okay. What I think is irrelevant. I just get paid to sit here, so you never know what you never know what I think. You know, it's a big box, and so you know you can sell your soul to the devil. So right. So one of the obviously we don't relate to it as one of the theories, right? But I mean, one of the theories. God created the world. Okay, prove it. I can't prove it. I can't prove God created the world. Okay, but in all fairness. It makes sense as much as anything else. It's not that it's nonsensical. It's very sensical, at least as much as any other reason that we'll, we'll posit for the existence of the world. Right? And a, a, an honest person would agree with that. Right? Can I prove it? I can't prove it. It's not provable. I can't prove God created the world. If God were to reveal himself to me and say, I created the world, so then okay, so for me, it would be provable. Okay? No questions. It's not like I have any questions anyway, but okay. God created the world, fine. Is that reasonable? Yes. Looking around at physical reality, does it seem to be there's some energy force that's keeping it happening? That's pretty reasonable. Okay, call that God. You're fine. Okay. That's mamale. That's not something I can't understand at all. It makes sense. Okay, something in me that's powering me different than the body that ends up in the ground. Something in there. Measure it, taste it, smell it. Prove it in a laboratory. Can't do that either. But it's there. Okay, you and I call that an ishom. A nefesh, in terms of vitality. Okay, fine. Is seivave? Even seivave. Once I'm in the world of mamale, once I relate to the fact that there's a level of godly reality that... that that vitalizes the world and is, so to speak, clothed in the world. The idea of there being a transcendent energy source, not out of the realm of some level of understanding. Right? Describe Seivev. Well, after we finished Basi Lagani, I gave you guys a piece of paper. I don't know who was around who wasn't, but I gave you a piece of paper to answer some questions on you. Know, and, and the first question was, give me two differences between Mamale and Seivev. In other words, you could describe things about Seivev. But the things you describe about Seivev is what it isn't. You can't describe what it is. But you will call it infinite. Infinite light. Right. Exactly. Define infinite. Well, I can't define infinite. I can just tell you what it isn't. I can't tell you what it is. Why? Well, I live in finite. <laughs> I can't describe infinite. I just say it's infinite. No, but tell me what it is. I can't. But I can tell you what it isn't. And you guys will say, Seivev? Oh, that's a level of light that's too powerful to be clothed in the Kli. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. That's a definition. Of, that's a very clear definition of Seivev. 
Right? You'll even give me a mushal for seviv in keiches and nefesh. What's a mushal for seviv in keiches and nefesh and powers of the soul? Ratzon. Beautiful. There you go. I mean, as clear as a bell. Guy, we just threw it right out there, right? Okay. Why? Why is ratzon a mushal? Because ratzon is a level of, uh, is a power in you that isn't clothed in any particular limb in your body. It powers all of them equally. Ratzon isn't clothed in the brain. You think because you want to. Ratzon isn't clothed in the eyes. You see because you want to. You don't want to see. Turn away or close your eyes. Right? Just make sure you don't bump into a pole. Right? You don't want to hear? Plug your ears. Turn off the radio. Whatever. Right? It's all. It's all equally powered by Ratzon. Whereas the power of sight is very is very clearly clothed in one place and one place only, the eyes, the optical nerves, and the optical center of the brain. That's where that power of the soul is clothed. Right? When that power of the soul leaves the body, a person dies, eyes don't see, because eyes don't see. Souls see. What do souls do? What do souls use to see? In Elam Hazard, it's called eyes. What do souls use to speak? In Elam Hazard, it's called you know, the mouth, larynx, throat, palate, all the tongue, all those things that go into making the noises we make. Okay, we hear with our ears, right? So when the soul leaves the body, the, the body doesn't do any of those things because the that that kayak that gives it its ability to do that isn't there. So that's mamale. That's a muscle for mamale. Different aspects, different powers of the soul that are clothed in different limbs in the body to act in a certain way. Good, no problem. That's mamale. Mamale is clear as a bell. Sevev? Well, Gabi said without without flinching when I asked the question, and that's hopefully how everybody can answer the question, and Gabi just beat you all to it. Mushal for Seviv, Ratzin. What's Ratzin? Power of the soul that isn't clothed in any particular part of the body, powers it all equally, and, and your, your, your Ratzin is as responsible for the fact that you're moving your big toe as it is that you're contemplating a deep idea in Chassidus. It's all Ratzin. Some people get more pleasure out of moving their big toe than thinking ideas about chassidus, so they move their big toe more than they think about chassidus, because they want to. What are you doing? I'm moving my big toe. Why? Well, it centers me. Okay, have a good time. Does it crack when you move it? Only the first time. After that, it's quiet. First time, it makes a little, and then it's quiet. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> sort of cool. Okay. Fine. I'll move my toe. Why? Because I want to. I'll think about an idea in the, in, in Chassidus or in Nigla or in, in, in I don't know, the, the Red Sox, if yes, I want to. Okay. I'm not going to think a lot about the Red Sox these days. I just want more to hide a field. I got the plug. I got to <laughs> field. No. Right. The, 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 from the, from the, it's the third floor you see the green monster? Where do you see the green monster? On six. Oh, you on, see, oh, I'm on the six. You're on the six, but yeah. you can see it pretty clearly from there. Yeah, imagine. yeah. Right. The Chabad house that, that Mordechai hung out, the, 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 you know, the main Chabad house in Boston, which is on campus, is up two blocks away from Fenway Park, and so, uh, which is where the Boston, right, it's the cathedral of uh, Boston baseball. And, uh, and, and uh, so, of course, when big games are going on during Sukkot, which means it's World Series time or playoffs time, so uh, Rabbi Posner, his rabbi, stands outside, gets an army of guys to stand outside with Lulav and Esrog, and 
well, thousands of Jews are passing by. I mean, there's, there's, it holds about 35,000 people. It's not a very big because of those 35, probably 5,000 are Jews. I mean, you know, it's Boston, right? So, just love an Esrog extravaganza when, when there's a major game. Tefillin doesn't go on a Sunday like Lulav Nesri goes, you know. Tefillin, you have to stop. Lulav Nesri, you can take while you're walking. But, you know, they're a block away from where everybody is. So it's a, it's a good location. It's a very good location. Okay. So what do you want to think about? You'll think about whatever you want to. You want to think about the baseball game or do you want to think about Mitzoyim? Depends on you, right? Both things are happening. Okay. That's what? That's saving. Etzim? The essence of God? No muscle. I mean, the closest muscle we might have today is DNA. Your DNA is like your etzim. Like, that's just sort of what you are. Why do you have the hair you have? Why are your DNA? Why are your eyes the way DNA? Why is your intelligent DNA? What's your personality? Also, everything has a lot to do with DNA. Everything. Okay, so that's on a certain level the essence of your physical being. But there's a problem because, especially now, because we can fiddle around with DNA, right? I mean, they, they can now sort of fiddle around with it. Well, you can't fiddle around with etzem, right? Etzem is essential reality. It is what it is, and there's nothing that changes it positively or negatively. A Jew is essentially connected to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's his <coughs> essence. He can act in a way that is completely and totally contrary to that at every moment of his conscious life. It doesn't change that essential reality in any way, shape, or form. Does it affect the revealed levels of his soul? Absolutely. There's no question. But the revealed levels of his soul are affected by that activity and, and can become harsher and crasser and covered up with all sorts of stuff that so the, 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 the revealed levels of his soul have a very very hard time expressing themselves in any way shape or form. Why? Because there's this, this wall around the person's nefesh abhamis is so powerful and, and the person's nefesh abhamis in all fairness it's, it's, it's usually not you know it's usually not their fault meaning why is the person they never heard of any other way of living no one ever talked to them about any other way of Right? If a person got a Jewish education, that's one thing. But I mean, most people who got a Jewish education of some sort aren't, you know, don't do everything they can. Some do, but most don't. Everything they can to deny Jewish reality. The people who deny Jewish reality are doing it because they were never taught about Jewish reality. Well, they're not denying it like I want to go out and deny it. They're just that's what they're doing. Why? Because they never heard of anything else. Okay, fine. That's not so good for the revealed parts of the soul. The essence of the soul isn't affected by that in any way, shape, or form. It is what it is. There is an example for that in Gashmias, right? And so it helps us understand it, but, right? A person whose DNA says they have black hair, they can dye their hair blonde for 70 years. The DNA is still black. Nothing happens to the DNA. Right? They're essential hair color is black. That's just what it is. Keep dyeing it. Only your hairdresser will know for sure. But they're not a blonde. This is not who they are. They're, they have black hair. I need to wear like colored contacts. Okay. Mm -hmm. Even your hairdresser. 
<laughs> Only your ophthalmologist. Someone always knows. Okay. Fine. Well, you tell them you're buying for someone else. It's like people who come in and ask rabbis questions about other people. You know, I have a friend who has this problem. So tell your friend. So, there's a level of us that's mushrash pa'atzmas. And that's why it's that level. I mean, the essence of a Kaddish Baruch, again, that's the level about which no thought can comprehend. We can't understand what that is. Right? We've said it many times. We'll say it again just because I love to hear Shaya laugh. He laughs when I say this, right? Where did he come from? He didn't. What's the purpose of his being? There isn't any. What was there before him? There isn't a before him. Well, why is he there? He just is. Well, where did he come from? He didn't. We cannot wrap our head around that being, and that's God. Not the guy who created you. I mean, he's, it's the same, but the guy who created you? Okay, I can relate to that. At some point in that being's existence, and there's no points in that being's existence, so that's also irrelevant to say, but okay. In some point in infinite, beyond infinite, non-time, God decided, hmm, Adira B'tachtonim would be cool. All of a sudden, things start happening, and there's infinite godly light, and... Simsumarishan, the Kav is Bekeya into the Rishima, and then all of a sudden all sorts of amazing things happen, and you end up with cockroaches that you didn't quite step on as he ran into the hole in the wall right by your door to your office this morning's experience. <laughs> he was this big. Whoa. Downstairs, the bottom of the stairs. You'll notice there's always a dead one there. You know, the guy who cleans up, we always like to leave the dead one there. There was a dead one there for a month and a half. That's how well he cleans up down where we are. What? What? Yeah, okay. Besides oh, this, right. there was a, the, the, the cockroach was disintegrating. Now, it takes a lot for a cockroach to disintegrate. Right? I mean, what, after the atomic explosion, there'll just be cockroaches left. That's all that's going to be left of the world when, when you know, AOC gets her way. So, so right? So, the, he, he, yeah, I tried to get him. <coughs> Disappeared. <coughs> no, I didn't get anything. He ran into the wall. At least now we know where they're coming. We can get some of that spray, and then you know, nine thousand will come out dead, and we'll see if he, you know, cleans up after that. Well, who knows? But you end up with the cockroach after all that. You also end up with people and mitzvahs and nevaras and all sorts of stuff. Okay, but that's coming from a, a, a being that just is, and didn't come from anywhere. We came from somewhere. Godly light came from somewhere. Godly light came from its source in etzim, in the essence of God, which is called the ma'or, the source of light, not or. Godly light has, so to speak, a beginning. So to speak. Not in time, because there's no time up there, but so to speak, you can think of a reality, we, the only words we can use are before there's light, and a reality, uh, once there's light. Before God decided, whatever that means, there is no reality in God called before, but okay, we, we can't say anything else. Before God said, hmm, I'm all for that. I want to create a world. 
before what's called the Ratzon Apashut Lever, the basic desire to create. What was there? It was there. Was there godly light? No. Why not? Because he didn't want there to be. Why didn't he want them to be? I don't know. Why does he want there to be? I don't know that either. Oh, because he wants a dear Petachtenim, because he wants a dwelling place in the lower realms. Why does he want a dwelling place in the lower realms? I don't know. Ask him. He can't explain it to you either. Because it's coming from a place deeper than Koch. It's coming from his essence. From his essence. <coughs> Kach. He wanted a dear Petachtenim. But until, and until then, there's no light. Okay, so that's it. That's what it, and you and I, the most amazing thing, you and I are there. It's only, I mean, there's not two things there. There's only one thing there. It's him. But so to speak, there's only two things there. There's the etzim of the Ebishter and the etzim of your neshama. Now the etzim of your neshama is one with the etzim of the Ebishter. It's one and the same thing. Your mushrash be'etzim. You're sourced in etzim. The essence of your soul is there. It's indistinguishable from him. It is him. That's why the Balatanya says you are your nisham is a chelik eloka mimal mamish. It's a little piece of God from above. Yes, that's what a yid is. A yid is a little piece of godliness walking around in a goof. So we are okay. So now, what triggers a connection to that? The revelation of the Yudgomi Yisrachim and Elul. That's what the Rebbe just said. Right? That's, that triggers the connection to who we really are. Now, that level of who we really are is higher than the Yud Gimam themselves, right? Because you, you can answer this question, but you know, it's hard to, get, you know, to figure out what someone wants you to say, right? But the Rebbe did explain. What are the Yud Gimam An expression of what? The Rebbe did explain it to us. And all. Kel, what's Kel? I know it's a name, Satan, okay, but what is it? The Rebbe explained. Mercy. Hmm? Mercy. Okay, that's its translation on a certain level. The, that's the Mida that it represents, even though it's really beyond mercy. It's, it's infinite chesed. Mercy would more be Kel, Rachum, Vachanu. Okay, what else? What did the Rebbe tell us? The Rebbe didn't use the word mercy. What did the Rebbe say? Revelation uh, of what? What is it that's always revealed? You're right. I just there's a better word. What is revealed reality called? It's not called or. <coughs> it's or, isn't it? Not what the Rebbe said. Who er ain't right? Inyan shame kel who er ain't Last line on the previous page. It's or. Infinite light. That's what the Yudgum Yisrachim are. Incredibly powerful, godly light. What does that mean they aren't? Annoying question, but I mean they're not an infinite amount of things, but what aren't they? They're not etzim, right? Not etzim, they are. True? Is that a reasonable thing? Now, now that I said it, does that make sense? And theoretically, you also could have, you know, said that, like a few. But again, trying to figure out what word someone wants is thinking of everything but that word. Okay, fine. They're not etzim. 
They're not essential reality, they're revealed reality. They're infinite reality. God's not infinite. He's beyond infinite. He's the source of infinite, you and I call that R. He's the source of finite, you and I call that Kli. Right? True? Okay. But this revelation of infinite godly light, and that, in all fairness, that is what the Rebbe described in the whole previous paragraph. That's what he's talking about, that Kel is infinite godly light. So that revelation of infinite godly light triggers in you and me an appreciation of our essential connection to a Kodesh Baruch. Right? Oh, so look what the Rebbe says. Now we can understand the line. Let's start from Yeshlem. Yeshlem. By virtue of the fact that the revelation of the Yud arouses and reveals the true desire of a Jew, the inner desire of the Jew. Ah, and now the Rebbe is going to explain. The true desire of a Jew, that the fact that it is in godliness, what does the Jew want? He wants a relationship with the Kodesh Baruch, he wants a Lukus. The Alter Rebbe, I don't want, right? I don't want, what do you say? I don't want, I don't want your Gan Eden. I don't want your Eilam Haba, revelation, right? What do I want? You. you. Oh, right, okay. Hu lefi, that's because Shehem Mushrashim Ba'atzmus, that's because really we're essentially connected to the Abishter. That's why we want Elokuz. That's who we really are. That's the true Ani. Super, super, super conscious. Very hard to connect to that part of me, right? What What is it that a Jew will do that's the most powerful expression of that level of their connection to a Kaddish Baruch Hu? When is it expressed and revealed most powerfully? Serious nefesh, beautiful. Right? Well said. Is anybody too cold that they can't think? Only one guy from Montreal. <laughs> He's too cold. I mean, he like you know, closes his eyes. You know, if there's no snow, he thinks it's hot. Okay. I'm not turning it off because no one said so. Yeah. By me, it's, it's wonderful because I've got this jacket on and I'm jumping around making a lot of noise. Lafishem mushroshim ba'atzmus because they're they're rooted in etzem the yid. Therefore, look what the Rebbe says. Nasa ilui b'yud so the Yudgim are elevated by virtue of causing us to connect to our essential state. Now, the Rebbe's going to explain that. right? That's the next line. We know the Rebbe's going to explain that because the Rebbe, none of the Rebbeim ever say something like that without explaining it next. Right? Okay, fine. But simply, what's the purpose of the existence of the Yud meaning why is there such a level of godly revelation? And what's the purpose of their revelation? What are they supposed to do? What are they all about, those Yud Why did God create them, so to speak? Even though they're beyond creation, but okay, we'll use that word. Okay, that's pretty general, but okay. What, what, but but let's be more specific. I, 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 yes, I mean on a certain level. Once we say the specific answer, so it can include that. But that's so specific that I might not necessarily know what I'm talking about when I say that. It's so general. I mean. It's not called tshuva. 
Isn't the whole idea of the revelation of the Yid Gavim so that a Yid will do tshuva? When were they revealed to us? No, yes, but first, after Chet Egel, right? Meshur Benu was taught the secret of tshuva after Chet Egel, right? I mean, that's the whole story, right? He goes, hangs out in the rock, and the Abishter reveals the Yid Gavim to him and says, this is what you need in order to help the Yid do tshuva. Mine. Interesting enough, the next time he invokes them, he doesn't invoke all of them, only part of them. Very fascinating, after the whole story of the Maraglim, when he davens to the Ebrister, he doesn't say all of them, he only says some of them. It's an amazing Ramban that describes which ones he leaves out. The Ramban, part of the explanation of the Ramban says he leaves out any, any, any reference to the others. Why? Because what's Am Yisrael turning their back on? This is the Ramban, Eretz Yisrael. What's Eretz Yisrael? That which the Avers are bequeathing to their children. They don't want it. So, okay, Shus Avers, well, I can't exactly say, Avram, Mitzvah, and Yaakov, you're, you're turning your back on what Avram, Mitzvah, and Yaakov want to give you. <laughs> this is what they're all about this. It's amazing, but, but, but it's interesting. If you look in the Miraglim, when Meshur Benu invokes the Yud Gemisrach, he doesn't say them all. Why not? So you have to explain it one way or the other. Like, why is he saying what he's saying and not saying? Okay, fine. Okay. Tshuva. So that's their purpose, so to speak. So when anything fulfills its purpose, it's elevating. By definition. Right? That's the nature of elevation. How do you bring about elevation? You, you, you allow something to fulfill its purpose. When you fulfill your purpose, you're elevated. Right? When we don't, then we're not elevated. <coughs> okay. So we can bring about an elevation <coughs> in the Yud Gimel by fulfilling their purpose. What's their purpose? Getting us to connect to who we really are. That's their purpose. That's the basic pshat in anything being elevated. Okay, so let's see. The idea is like this. Yisrael that that which the creation of the world is for the sake of Yisrael, and that we learn from Rashi in the very beginning of Parshas Bereshis, Bereshis bara Elokim, Ein Reishis al Yisrael, Ein Reishis al that the two things that were, so to speak, the, the, the purpose of creation are Am Yisrael and the Torah, and the, the Rashi describes that those are the base Reishis, those are the two Reishis, two things that are referred to as Reishis, the beginning, the first. <coughs> Base Reishis. Hakavona Bezehi, the intention means, what does it mean that the world was created for the Yid? What does that mean? That the rocks and the cockroaches and the daffodils and all the nice stuff? Hakavona Bezehi is not only for the physical reality. It's not only the creation of the physical world or even any of the worlds. All states of revelation. Gam also Also the highest states of revelation. I mean the highest states of infinite godly revelation. Infinite godly light. Why do all of those levels of reality exist? They only exist because the Abrister ultimately wanted a physical world. Up there in Atzimus, the Abrister said what? Oh, 
I'd like a dear betachtonim. I want a dwelling place in the lower realms. Why did he say that? We don't know. He had a taiva. That's the language of Chazal. Nisave lo yizbar. And a taiva, why, does, why is that word used? You know. You've heard it many times. Why? Because he can't explain a taiva. It doesn't say ratzah, that he wanted. Because ratzah, as much as it's a makif, and we're talking about it being something that, that controls intellect as opposed to is part of intellect, but you can explain most desires rationally. Why? Why did I want to turn off the air conditioning? Well, because there were people who were cold. I had a taiva to turn off the air conditioning. What does that mean? There's no one cold, no. and I just had a taiva to turn it off because I just get a, <laughs> I just like the click. Yeah, but everybody wants it on. I know, but I just had a taiva to turn it off, and I'm a creep. <laughs> so, so I turned it off. Right? I, why? I don't know. That a tiger to die. Now I have a tiger to turn it on, and I'm, 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 I, I can't stand it. I'm going to sit on my hands so I don't turn it on. That's called a tiger. <laughs> now, all, not all tigers are bad. Right? The Abish is tiger to create the world. Baruch Hashem, he did that. Otherwise, what would we be doing? I don't know. I don't know. Selling hot dogs and baseball games or something. Oh, no, we wouldn't be doing that either. We, we just wouldn't even be. Yeah. Whoa. That would be terrible. Actually, I guess we wouldn't really know about it, would we? Yeah. <laughs> what does it mean that we have an essential connection in Atmos, and why does that make us want Eruchus? Like, what's happening? As much, the, 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 it, to be essentially connected to Atmos means that's who we really are. So, as much as it's natural for you to want to have some relationship with yourself such that when you're hungry you'll probably feed yourself? Why do you do that? Because you've come to the intellectual understanding that that's a reasonable thing to do? No. Because you just have some sort of essential connection with yourself so that when you're hungry you feed yourself. I mean, well, you, you don't have to think about it. Right? I mean, you, you have to become conscious of the hunger. Fine. But that's just the natural thing to do. I mean, it's unhealthy not to. It's unnatural not to. Right? Now, if chas v'shalom, chas v'shalom, you don't have the means to do that, so then you can't. But you have it. There's a fridge. It's full of food. What do you do when you're hungry? Go eat something. Why? Because I'm me, aren't I? I mean, I, I, that's who I am. So if I'm hungry, then that means... That's going to affect all the different levels of my being. I'm going to find it hard to concentrate intellectually. I'm going to, it, might, it might, if I'm not careful, affect my emotions, all, everything. I have to be careful that it doesn't affect my emotions. The work on it not affecting my emotions. Right? I want to be in a state of simcha, and I want to treat people nicely and warmly and kindly. But I'm hungry. Hi, Mayor. Whoa, 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 sorry. I'm hungry. Oh, well, okay. You're also an adult. Get a life. <laughs> right? But I mean, theoretically, the, the non-adult, talk to a kid who's hungry. You know? they're, they're the miserable. They're, they're beating up their brother and they're acting out. Or then, then you realize, wait a minute, maybe he's hungry. You know, feed him something. And then all of a sudden, he's happy. Right? The kid wants dinner. Just give him dinner. Of course, they're acting up. You know, They're tearing the house apart. Well, get it together and give them dinner. And they'll, they'll be fine. They're hungry. Oh, okay. So that is, you, you do have an essential connection to yourself, so you are aware of self, so now what if I became aware of my essential connection to a Baruch then I'd want to be connected to that because that's who I am. 
That's not unusual. That's natural. That's reasonable. <coughs> that essential connection is lamai lamitam vatas. Okay, meaning I can't explain why it is, but it just is. But the fact that it is, once there, once it's there, so it makes sense that I want to connect to that because that's who I am. It's just me. So, I won't. I mean, this is my hand. Do I have to have some sort of deep intellectual understanding to know that I wouldn't want to put this in an electric socket? No, it's me. A kid doesn't know that, but not because they don't know that it's their hand. They just don't know what an electric socket is. So you have to make sure you have those little plastic plugs that go in every electric socket because they're stupid. But as soon as they figure it out... You don't have to, oh, that's electricity and it can hurt. Okay, now I have to say, okay, let me think about this. That means this finger, this finger. That, no, no, they do, I don't, this is like once I know that, so then me doesn't connect to that because there's a me. When I'm essentially connected to that. <coughs> so I want to be connected to the Abishka. Why? Because that's who I am. I really do want to be me. Now, now, that can express itself in incredibly negative ways, right? If I let the me be my nefesh abahamis, so then, I mean, there, there's different levels of me, right? There's me mitzad my nefesh alukis, and there's me mitzad my nefesh abahamis. You and I will call that essential me or conscious me. Which me am I interested in connecting to? The easiest me to connect to is my nefesh abahamis. Without any work, that's the me everybody connects to. And healthy people want that me to get what it wants. You can be so unhealthy that you'll damage me, but we know that's a sign of lack of emotional health. That's not healthy. That's not normal. That's not natural. There are people who do it. But it's usually a sign of a pretty serious emotional problem. I don't want to get into the politics of it. Transgenders, much higher suicide rate than the rest of the population. Not even comparable. Why? It's not healthy. Because you're damaging me. Why? You're damaging your physical body. That's a serious mental illness, according to most psychologists and psychiatrists. Not to forget the politics of it. Just, just the. the that's not healthy behavior. People cut off their arms. Well, anybody would say that's not healthy. Well, now you can't say that about particular parts of the body anymore. It's not PC. What's the difference? Well, it's part of you. I don't understand. What are you doing? That's completely unhealthy. Why? Well, because you're, that's you. Okay, so the Amish is you. <laughs> That's you. So what are you doing cutting off that part of your body? It's not your body. It's part of your being. No. So I'm just, it, it, but, but what? You and I, and that, because this is the way the Abishta created the reality, and that's why it's called the Veda, and that's why we have to sit and learn Chassidus and Fabreng and think about it and Fabreng about it, because we have this conscious reality that's very powerfully connected to a, a different state of me, conscious me, and I have to figure out how to illuminate that consciousness with an awareness of a more essential state of me. 
takes time. <laughs> All right? It takes time. I can become aware of that process in a minute. You could hear that idea. There are people who hear that idea and go, wow, that is so cool. I never heard that before. I'm really into that. Okay, now what? I want to become religious. Okay, good. How long is that going to take? What? To start keeping Shabbos? They do it right away. Become religious? Wow. How long have you got? <laughs> to become a person, was what we were pregnant about the other day, to become a person who's, who's seriously, consciously connected to godly reality. My goodness, that's going to take a while. Why? Well, because I'm naturally, naturally, conscious of a different reality. Because I'm more naturally connected to my Nevesh Bahamas, which is just me. <laughs> Why am I connected to that? Well, it's me. Well, yeah, but it's not essential you, it's conscious you, so why not get connected to essential you? Oh, because that's really you. And even just in the most simple, basic, physical terms, who were you before you came into Elam Hazza? And who are you, not you, because you're not leaving, but, but who are you after you leave Elam Hazza? That, you. Okay, and then there's this little time in between that's called you and Elamazah, which is all you and I know when we're in here, right? But that, there's me down here, so that's me for, you know, whatever, 120 years. Chaim Nitzchim now, because Mashiach's going to come, we'll all live forever, and that'll be cool. But, but up until now, people lived their lives down here in Elamazah, and they did their 60, 70, 80, 120 years, however long they lived down here. And, and who were they before for, I don't know, how long was that in the Shema around? 500 years, 1,000 years, 2,000 years, who knows? 3,000 years, I don't know, was standing at Har Sinai 3,331 years ago, that Neshama, okay. So it came up, down, up, down, whatever. So who's the person really? My father was in Elam Hazza for 101 years. It's a long time. Okay, who was he before? Where is he now? He's disappeared, he's gone, he's finished. Mapito. He's not finished. He's in the shum. That's who he was before. That's who he is after. And in the meantime, he hung out here for 101 years. Most people don't do 101 years. He, you know, he did 101 years down here. Phew. The Malachim Abbas kept trying. He said, I can't get this guy. I mean, this guy's just like, it's like a rock. I don't know. He's just he's not giving up this one. All right. Okay. All right. Who is he? Well, if he's not in the shum, what am I doing bothering everybody by davening at the omelet every day? including myself. As much as you're sick of hearing my chazars of shots, believe me, I'm more sick of hearing my chazars of shots. Borrow got the same one again. Can't this guy stop? It's a long time, 11 months, three times a day. I remember after the first, uh, Rabbi Silberg sent me, uh, you know, he, because he had gone through it twice with his parents, and we were next to each other, so we always talked about it. So, uh, Rosh Chedesh, when he'd be back in his chair, it's, oh, you know, welcome back. So, so uh, he sent me a WhatsApp the day of the funeral. And he said, uh, you know, how are you doing? So, you know, Baruch Hashem. How's davening going? <laughs> <laughs> so we had just davened Mincha. We came back from the from the, from the Kvura, and we davened Mincha in Chabad We made two minyanim, and we davened min, Mincha, my brother and I. So, so uh, I said, one down, about a thousand to go. <laughs> so he wrote back and I right. <laughs> so I talked yesterday at lunch. I said, "You're the living proof to me that it finishes." <laughs> it's like never ending. Right? 
What am I thinking about this time of day every morning? Oh, better stop soon. Okay. Why? This is a neshama. How long is that neshama going to be around? It's going to be around forever. It was here for a while. Because who is he really? Is that neshama? So he really. I was here for a while. It's nice having a beer. I liked having a beer. Okay. But it's not like that's who he is. That's a certain expression of that person. <coughs> the most external expression. The least essential and real expression. Except when you and I are down here, that's all we've got. <laughs> We're walking around with this incredibly... God created it this way. I mean, it's, not, it's his fault, right? That this incredibly powerful experience of conscious self. Unbelievably powerful experience. A cool experience. We love it. I mean, it's not, I don't mean we love it mitzad, all the negative ways it can express itself. Because it can express itself in, in an infinite amount of positive ways. It's a blast to be alive. Being alive is really cool. It's not always, it doesn't always work out the way we want it to work out. And there are parts of it that we'd like to give back. But, but, but all in all, being alive is pretty cool. Like, like, you know, you go to sleep and you wake up in the morning. There you are again. Oh, okay. Well, I have a headache. What a pain. Nothing worse than waking up with a headache. Okay, I'll figure out how to deal with that. Okay. Oh, I feel great. Oh, full of energy. Great. A good night's sleep. Oh, crummy night's sleep. Whatever. Where's all that happening? Conscious me. Okay, how much is that going to affect everything I do in this day? Well, that's up to me, isn't it? <coughs> There's a guy in the mikvah who never says, have a good day. He says, make it a good day. Before he leaves the mikvah, he looks at make it a good day, and he leaves. Have a good day. What do you mean, have a good day? What, I'm just waiting for this day to be had? Like I'm, someone's going to drop a good day on me? <laughs> Make it a good day. Huh? Well, who, who's in charge of your day, if not you? Right. Some power out there? Okay, God. Yes, okay. God's going to make it a good day? God's the first one that'll tell you, get it together and make it a good day. What do you want from me? I'm giving you life. I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you existence, being, consciousness. I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you food, clothes, everything. Now, no, get it together. Do something. Fetch. I don't have a Lexus. My life is worthless. Okay, say them. Good. Enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. He's talking to Moshe. Moses Moshe. So he's on his way back to the University of Washington, which is not a friendly place for Jews. You know, West Coast America, pretty heavy left-wing anti-Semites over there. Like, you know, pretty serious. So, uh, and there aren't enough Jews so that, you know, they balance it out. So he's going to run into a lot of, he's going to get comments. There's just no question. Walking around that campus with a yarmulke, he's going to get comments from anti-Semites all the time. So uh, it'd be like being in, a, in Concordia. So, so uh, we were talking, so how does he deal with it? So I said, why don't you try this? The first guy says, turn around and say, I just want to wish you a lot of happiness. Because obviously, the fact that you're talking to me that way means you're not very happy. I want to wish you a lot of happiness in life. And walk away and see what happens. Bottom line, how many happy anti-Semites are there? <laughs> There's no happy racists. There's no happy anti-Semites. There's anti-Semites because they're miserable. They're just miserable people, and they pick on us. Right? 
We're just the best to pick on. So we are. We supply everybody with the people who you can pick on. You can be a liberal and a non-racist and still hate Jews. You can't hate blacks. You can't hate Chinese people. You can't hate uh, Hispanics. But you can hate Jews. No problem. And you're still a liberal and you're still an open-minded person. No problem. In the Jewish world, you can have Abbas Israel and still hate Lubavitch. No problem. <laughs> That's just the way it works. So as Lubavitchers get used to this, you know, they get people, oh yeah, I, I, my neighbor's a Lubavitcher. He's a nice guy, actually. But I, you know, hope with Lubavitch. And then all of a sudden they'll start ranting about, what do we do? Who cares? Why do we care whether you like us? Don't leave us alone. Right? No, no, but you do this. So what? Okay, fine. So the non-Jewish world does that to Jews. We do this, we do this. They don't like us. We bother them. We annoy them. Who? Not the happy people. Not the content people. Not the people who've worked on themselves and become, you know, whole people. Just, just unhappy people. Okay. So unhappy people look for someone to pick on. <laughs> so we're talking to Meshavadio. Just tell them you should be happy. Right? Make it a good day. Oh, it's a good day by picking on Jews? Yeah, yeah, that really makes you happy. <laughs> want from us. I, they, what they really want, they want to be happy. And they're not. So they blame us. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's finish up in the mimer and we'll, we'll pick up tomorrow. The, light, the highest levels of godly light, how we got there, I don't know. But the highest levels of godly light also exist by virtue of the fact that the Abishta wanted to create a world. Because until up there in Atzmus, there was nothing but Atzmus. There was no godly light. There wasn't infinite light. There wasn't Sevev. There wasn't Mamale. There wasn't anything. Until the Kaddish Baruch said, hmm, I want a physical world. And then <coughs> all of those levels of reality came into existence as a result of the desire for a physical world. They're the path to get to the physical world. Are they a necessary path? No. God can do anything he wants and could create a physical world without all of those intermediaries in the middle, all those intermediate steps. They, do, they are not necessary. They are a function of rotzen, not hechrech. It's brought in this in many different places. They're a function of God's will, not necessity. God can do whatever he wants. He could go straight from atzmus to a slug. No problem. But he didn't. He's all these myriad levels of infinite godly light ultimately turning into godly light that's clothed in vessels and four worlds at until you end up with this world. All of that. Why? Simple shot why? So that you and I can understand something about godliness. And we have, we talk, there wouldn't be a lot of chassidus if all those levels weren't there, would there? <laughs> what would we learn? What would we think about? What would we contemplate? Nothing. Atzmus to us. Would all just be okay, kaha. No, no, no. There's volumes of the Rebbe Rishab explaining all those levels, and it's mind blowing. Okay. So you and I can think about God. That's good. But all those levels, why are they there? They're, they're there because the Abishta ultimately wanted to get down here. That's why they're there. And so that's what the Rebbe says. Gamma legilim hachinailim. Even the highest levels. We'll go further from there tomorrow. Even the highest levels exist by virtue of the Abish's desire for this level. Therefore, what? We come from a higher place than that, Atmos, and we can elevate those levels of infinite godly light by virtue of connecting to who we are in the proper way. And that's what the Rebbe's going to explain. Okay, we'll see that tomorrow.
Why is it? Uh, 